0: Hi, folks. Uh, no content warnings for you this week. That doesn't mean I might not have to come back and re record like I did last week, but that's, you know, at the moment, as we start recording, that's where we're at. The next warning is that we have animals. One of whom has wedged
1: himself behind the monitors among the cables and is just going to cause a ruckus anytime now.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. He loves, um, Sergey loves to, like, Make a mess. Paw, paw, well, mostly paw at my. Um, I, I have a little mixer for my my speaker, my headphones there, and he just loves to paw at that and change the volume on me. Uh, which brings me to our third. Uh, in there, fact, he's doing it now. Well. Yeah, yes, uh-huh. he's yeah, actually he's trying to pull it up. It's it's taped down. He's trying to pull it up. I have to retape it every which month leads, or so. As yeah. you might
1: have guessed, to swearing, which we do frequently and with vigor, not always at the cat, but, but sometimes.
0: Uh, he he has become you know a more frequent target. Don't don't worry, buddy. We'll we'll feed you in a bit.
1: He, uh, we will put the gooshy food down so that you may snub it as inappropriate for one of your rank.
0: Well, we'll see. It is it is the fish. But those are our three warnings. Yes. Um, all the chickens have started to settle down, so probably no rooster crows. Anyway, hi folks, welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 217. I have a great interview in a bit with Jaina Axline, who is a project manager and like changed her career around it, so it was really cool, Um, and I can't wait to share it, and we'll get to that. In the meantime, I, uh, my productivity the past week or so has just been like pushing through a whole bunch of changes to finish. Like, it's, it's all the little things. It's like 80% of the work done, but the last 20% takes forever of, okay, I've done all this work and now I'm just trying to push, push it over the finish line. And there's just like little delay, little delay, you know, one after the other. It's, it's fine. It's just, a little tedious because now I'm down to the making sure all the i's are dotted and the t's are crossed and i'm not crossing any i's or dotting any t's. Yes. Especially the capital ones. <laughs> so um that's you know there's that uh you know have a couple interviews this week um had a uh pretty productive weekend I think and my new productivity sort of tools are, are working out. Um I recently as uh, so I think I've said in the past, I recently started using Opus One, which is basically the, like the perfect software implementation of the Franklin Covey journal on Mac and iPhone and iPad. So it like actually works across all my devices and it's, it's, it's really cool and it's really helping me like realign my focus and, and keep a little better track of things. Uh, I still keep my paper weekly so I can look at it to see what's upcoming. But, in terms of like goal planning and and task doing and things like that it's it's really nice so and and really that's that's about it um what have you been up to i mean you had, <laughs> you had a day yesterday
1: uh I had a day yesterday, uh, and wasn't, isn't the last show that you recorded the one that you did with Shepard answering questions? Yes. Which means that since the last time I talked to you, uh internet hound hound you are There's so up on my face the
0: hound is just like up on ursula's like standing there staring intently at ursula's face yes hi hound so i love pet, you too
1: you're pet beautiful hound
0: while, you, while you uh talk. let's
1: see since last we spoke internet i drove to maryland right. to rescue my friend liz when the winnebago broke down right uh stayed up there two days drove back and that's a six to eight hour drive depending on traffic uh got back Still somehow, in all of that, managed to do like 4,000 words that week, which was pretty damn impressive. And then I have been trying, uh, some of you follow me on Twitter, the saga of me trying to get my mom's house locally for her to move into. Uh, It has been a lot.
0: It has been.
1: And so this week... In addition to all the other things I was doing with the driving and the writing, I was having to call contractors, follow up with contractors, follow up with insurance, because State Farm was like, uh, we're canceling your policy because you haven't done enough upkeep. And I was like, the closing was five days ago. And they were like, yeah, "Yeah, should have worked faster. Uh, So... Uh, we we hates them we do. Yes and so I was chasing the uh, nice lady from the farm bureau trying to get insurance, which finally went through today, thank God. and the, you know and trying to get the the foundation work and the roof work. and then the the friend of ours who was going to be staying there until mom is uh, decides to move in, which granted she's fallen in love in Oregon may not actually happen. Uh, and calls us up and is like, "Yeah, there's water gushing through the the lawn. Is that supposed to be there?" We're like, oh. "No." We go out. Uh, Kevin, to his undying credit, had <laughs> to crawl under the house, which is not a good place to be right now. No, not really. <laughs> and. Turned off the uh, and turning off the water main didn't do anything because it was coming from no, the no. street. Turning
0: off the house the main house main yes didn't do anything.
1: Turning off the water main from the street did something. So then we needed to get a plumber out. When all the plumbers except for emergencies are booked forever, so they came out today and solved everything. So today I. Uh, Talked. I, I talked to plumbers, paid them, talked to the roofing guy about gutters. Right. I'm still tra- waiting on the dude to do the foundation. Got the insurance wrangled. NPR uh, marketplace <laughs> right. saw my tweet thread about all of the bizarre goings on trying to buy this house and wanted me to appear on there to do basically a dramatic reading sort of thing <laughs> for Get off a Marketplace segment on adventures and home buying. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And so I had the test interview with that today and to take my car to the mechanic. And so it's been a lot.
0: Oh, and, and don't forget the event last night after D&D.
1: Oh, yeah. And I had a uh, an uh, Authors in Conversation virtual event with Brahm, like the Brahm, the artist (laughs) Brahm, Gerald Brahm, who has a new book out called Slewfoot, and Mysterious Galaxy wanted me to be in discussion with him, and I'm like, but it's (laughs) Brahm. Like, I still have my copy of Darkworks from 1998. I did terribly derivative art based on so many paintings in there. I am, I am, what, Brahm? and so that was a great thing that was amazing i mean that's that's not a well good stress is still stress but right right and he told me he liked my novella that he and he couldn't put it down and was engrossed and i'm like oh my god even if you're lying keep lying uh (laughs) so yeah there's been kind of a lot kind of a lot and uh yeah it's it has all so far gotten done, and I th- I'm i not going to say everything is smooth sailing because that is a good way to, you know, have the roof collapse on your head, but mostly so far nothing has come up that I am completely incapable of handling, and God willing, it will stay that way, but it's been a lot all at once.
0: And, and I'm very proud of you. Oh? Yeah, because when... All of this was going on, and we got the call from Liz that you were going to have to go pick her up. Yes. Because the Winnebago is not capable of moving. You looked at me and said, I need you to do X. You delegated.
1: Yes, because actually, yeah, the plumbing broke before I had to go get Liz. And I knew I had to go get Liz, so I was like, Kevin, I need you to take point on this and handle this because... I will not be here because I think that was Labor Day and the plumbers weren't open. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, yeah. I and I was feeling terribly grateful that you would do it because, you know, uh, but
0: but yeah. I mean, that's but it, it's you, you took that moment, and I think everybody needs to try to take that moment sometimes. And you stood back and you said, There is no possible way I can manage this without just running myself in circles and ragged. Let me hand it to someone who can. Yes, um, and that is—that's. I—I I, want to say that's a very important step because you are not prone to doing that.
1: <laughs> oh, you're being so tactful. <laughs> yes, I—I uh, I once turned down a job to be an art director because I knew it would end with me doing all of the art on the team.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, I, and I think it's—it's it's an important thing that you recognized it and you said. To a person who could do it, I need you to take care of X. And I immediately added a reminder, and it immediately went into my... And you
1: took care of it beautifully. My new yeah. planner,
0: yeah. So, like, as soon as they were open on Tuesday, I was... It was maybe mid-afternoon still. I Whatever. was I was calling them and telling them, it. it's not an emergency. You don't need to dispatch anyone now, right? Set up the appointment, set up all of that. Um, but I'm, I'm really proud of you, because oh, normally you. you would just be like nope, I got to do this too, and would shove that burden, like, on top of all the others.
1: That's true, I would, yes. And uh, uh, part of that is that I know nothing of plumbing, and I knew that what was going to happen is I would be on the phone to the plumber somewhere in Maryland with them going, okay, now what's the problem? Me going, uh, I wish Kevin was here to hand the phone to. But yes, but knowing you cannot do the thing and asking someone who can to do the thing is is a a valuable skill set to have if it is hard for you to ask people to do stuff.
0: Yeah. 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 And, And it's a learned skill in a lot of cases. A lot of times we're not, we're taught that if it is given to you, it is your job to complete. If it lands on you, it is your, and being able to stop and say, this is not really something I can do. This is, there are other people who could do this better unless it's like, a learning where you want to learn a thing. Right. Right. That's a different story. But we need to learn to say to our friend, our partner, our coworker, hey, there is a lot on my plate and going on. Can you do this one thing? You know, ask for help when you need it or to delegate a task to someone who it is more appropriate to do.
1: I am not great at asking for help on uh, occasionally. Kevin is getting Um, an expression.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Just occasionally.
0: Just occasionally. uh, You're humoring me now. (laughs) Just a little. Just a little. Um, But you've been getting better at it. I mean, you were doing a very difficult cleaning job this past weekend. Yes. And you said to me, I need your help. I cannot do this. And I took care of it.
1: You did. And I mm-hmm. felt bad about interrupting you because you were putting up shelves. Yeah,
0: but... <laughs> yeah I, had this, I had this new set of shelves for the bedroom <laughs> sort of spread across my side of the bed where I was sorting the pieces and trying to get everything in place. But it, it was... It was important for you to get my help because if I had said, let me finish this first, you probably would have gone and done it anyway and it, not waited for me.
1: Uh, possibly. And, and it would have chipped away at my, my emotional reserves, which were already... Uh, the, the little button, the little lever dial is on E and sliding downwards. <laughs> but but it's cool. But, yeah. I, I I I feel... I, I am hopefully in a, a place where I can rebuild some stuff. I also booked a doctor's appointment god damn it yes you do and uh and uh uh initial meeting thing a virtual meeting with a personal trainer so
0: a personal trainer
1: yeah the the dude who uh does uh weight training virtually I'm like I know oh. nothing. Whatsoever, but he is supposed to be, like, super nice. And I'm like, here's the problem. ADHD, like, whoa, cannot work out for an hour. Best intentions in the world, it will never happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What can... Is there something we can do that I can do for five minutes, like, a couple times a day? And then go do something else? And then, you know, realize I'm sitting at the table and do for another five minutes? And he's like, I think we can do that. So we will. we will... Yeah, see yeah. that we'll see
0: how, how that, that works goes.
1: Out. Yes. Yeah. I am tired yeah. of asking. It's not even that I want to lose weight. I mean, obviously, I live in a society that's hung up on that, but I am really tired of having to ask you to move all of the heavy bags of potting soil. <laughs> it is like this is almost entirely a potting soil related thing. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care about losing weight. I just want enough arm strength to lift the potting soil.
0: Yeah, and you know, that's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I found it interesting, by the way, thinking of fitness things, one of yeah. the, today was Apple's big, uh, was one of Apple's big announcement days, and they spent a lot of time on their new fitness program app, and the thing that struck me was that they included all kinds of body sizes and shapes.
1: Well, good for them. It
0: wasn't just look at the skinny, pretty people. There were older people. There were larger people. Larger people. There were um, all kinds of people of color. It wasn't just you know Brittany with the blonde, long blonde hair in her. It, it wasn't the two
1: wee trainer right, uh, right models. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, and I, I was really impressed by that part of the event. Um, I. Don't know if you know. I I'm actually considering looking at some of the things they offer as part of that. Just even if it's just motivational. Although when they were saying and then and now you can contact your friends on the app and you can all exercise or meditate or whatever together. And, and I like, thought
1: immediately I would rather die.
0: Yeah, my my thought was <laughs> I have enough problems. <laughs> with you know ashamed of my level of fitness by myself just what i need is more people um
1: yeah the but... the, the lengthy questionnaire i filled out which was which was very good you know it yeah, things yeah. like and had all things like if you don't want to talk about diet or dieting we won't just tell me right here and it, i will never mention it right and but one of them was uh uh what has been your your one of your bars to fitness and i said well the thought of joining a gym as the, you know, at the weight and level of ineptitude I am is like, why don't I just pour salt and lemon juice into my self-esteem? Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) And Um... so getting, it's like, it's bad enough. Other people, you know, like I I don't like the, I I feel that much of our modern interconnected world is not made for introverts and Mm. like monster hunter world monster hunter rise which i love playing but they're always like you can play with friends and i'm like you can't make me have friends game you can try but i won't do it right (laughs) that's a lie i have lots of lovely friends i love you all you are wonderful if you are listening to the podcast then you're great that wasn't meaning to apply we aren't friends for any of you who have you know social rejection issues but i love you (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, but, but that's the thing. Maybe, maybe my downtime playing games or my time spent on the treadmill or whatever is not meant to be social time. It's meant to be time where I can relax and reflect and yeah, p- let my mind do its thing. Kind of like when I'm out with the chickens. My God, could you, okay, everybody, I want you to stop right now. Do not write me a letter telling you how much you want this. I'm just thinking, okay, how how would it be if it was like, yes, it is now chicken time, and I must now log on, and five or six of us who to chicken bit, yeah, to chicken bit, bit or whatever, and yeah, you all go out and, and and take care of our chickens together. Yeah. Yes, I'm like that 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 ruins the vibe. That ruins what. I do it for kind of yeah. So the, um, the solitary
1: you and the chickens.
0: Yes, and everyone right now who is who is like <laughs> sitting on their hands.
1: We appreciate f- it.
0: for you know wanting to write that letter. Like I would totally watch a five minute a day chicken or you know week chicken feeding thing. Uh, Look, Kevin wears
1: a GoPro and goes yeah, and hangs with the chickens. That's my time. Yes,
0: I you know nothing personal. That's my time. I appreciate that you would probably all find it enjoyable, but that's that's me time. It's kind of like every time someone asks, "Why don't we stream with D and D?" That's that's our time.
1: Yeah, it's you it's know? our downtime, and yeah. and also, quite frankly, uh, you only get the highlights on Twitter. Otherwise, you oh, get God. four hours of long silences. People going, "Wait, is it my turn?" Or do I? Did we take a long rest? I can't remember if we took a long rest where's where's
0: where's the corgi paladin oh her player had to take her actual corgis out
1: all right everybody take five dog break dog
0: break yeah
1: yeah it's it's god damn it
0: Sergey! leave my mouse alone while i'm trying to gm
1: uh yeah it would be a (laughs) lot less uh uh, the signal to noise ratio would change unfortunately and also you know sometimes you just want to not be on yeah and Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah There are times I'm delighted to stream other, you know, oh, video yeah, things. Yeah. I've occasionally thought of some video games I would enjoy streaming. But, yeah, but not that. Yeah.
0: So, hey, uh, I had a chance uh, about almost two months ago now to sit down and talk with um, uh, Jaina Axline, who runs her own basically project management, production management Um company, consulting company, and is really cool. Cool. Um, And I believe she was in... She'd just gotten into, I believe, Australia. She she splits her time between America and Australia, which is also really cool. Um, And I managed to talk to her, and it was wonderful. And I'm going to have that for all of you right after this. (laughs) here today with Jana Axline. I'm really excited to talk to Jana today and uh, from the looks of things, although y'all can't see it, uh, Janna's really excited to be here. So Jenna, <laughs> can you introduce yourself a lot better than- <laughs> and tell us about what you do?
2: Sure, happy to. Um, I would love it if I could actually take a step back to 2008 when I was taking um, my MBA program and um, And my final semester, I had to take a production management course. And I was like, oh, that sounds awful. And when I was reviewing the course catalog, there was one course called project management. And that sounded like the least of all evils. Well, I took the course. And at the end, I realized I am project management. The whole Mm -hmm. career field was made for me. Um, So thank you. I appreciate those of you who invented project management for me. Um, But that really was a pivotal, pivotal moment where my life changed um, and I became, you know, found a passion and was able to pursue it and make a career out of it. Um, You know, so through my journey, I. um, You know, got really involved in the Project Management Institute, learned all I could about project management, finally got a project management job, loved it. It was amazing and then um, realized I wanted to take it to the next level and build an organization that just excelled at project management um, with an intense focus on just that. So I decided that I wanted to build um, an organization solely focused on project management because I felt like if we had that singular focus, we we could be the best at it. And so that's what really launched my company, which is Project Genetics. Um, We've been in business since 2014, and Um, steadily growing and just really trying to help organizations get their projects done because projects don't have to be so difficult. Um, So that's what we're here to do is to try to make projects uh, easier and uh, Mm -hmm. have a greater rate rate of success.
0: And one of the things I'm finding interesting about the market today is that there has been a really big emphasis on product management. Mm like yes. i am not seeing many open roles for project managers but a lot for product managers and often they're trying to roll two skill sets into one yeah yeah mm-hmm. um, like my i am currently managing being a project manager for a pretty high profile project uh, on my day job and comparing that to what our product managers are doing we're also trying to manage these sort of big projects. I'm like, we're overloading people. It just, it just, it same thing. Very frustrating. Uh,
2: I was consulting with a company that had a really high um, uh, maturity in agile, and they were doing scaled agile. And so they had product owners that were there to launch products. It was truly product management, and and they had high product management maturity. Now. They were looking at getting rid of how they, how they had it structured. They had the product manager who's responsible for, obviously, the launch of the product. Then right. they had the Scrum team that was responsible for developing what the product manager wanted. But then they had a project manager who, you know, I like to say uh, manages the inputs and the outputs of the black box. Right. So mm-hmm. Scrum is the black box. And the project manager makes sure that everything that needs to go into the black box goes in. And then once the development team, you know, delivers the the output, make sure that everything that needs to happen afterwards happens. So coordinating legal, marketing and all of those pieces. Yep. And so they were talking about getting rid of of project management on some of these projects. And what I found was product managers aren't interested in what project managers are, are interested in. Right. Product managers want to understand the market, want to be able to solve the market need and make uh, their consumers happy. Project managers want to make sure that we see where we are, we see where we want to go, and do all the steps to get there. And yes, there's some people who enjoy enjoy both, um, but it's not a completely overlapping skill set. And so to remove project managers, if you don't have the right people, um, can be you know detrimental to the, to the launch of the projects or products.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and that that has been uh, my experience. this is in a lot of ways my first uh, professional project management volunteer stuff I've done all that. Um, but you know the time I've done it for my actual work and I'm noticing just all these little gaps. Right, mm-hmm. that were missed because there wasn't somebody looking at it holistically. There's yep. just we need X, and so that's the team that needs to do it. No, there's like seven or eight teams involved, and <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. No one, no one's looking at the at the 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 detail that's needed to get from A to B. Um, they're just like, all right, you know, we need B on such and such a date.
2: I find that same problem when um, companies put technical leaders as their project managers as well. So if you have an architect or a, a director of IT or something and you turn them into a project manager, I find the same problem, right? Because these people have a skill set that they're focused on, right? Let's get this technically accurate and let's deliver this technical solution. And they miss everything else that feels ancillary to them but is successful for success, right? Because, like, for instance, one example was like we, you know, if without a project manager, you might – you might get your product developed, developed, ready to go, and then you for, you you didn't realize that you have to have legal sign off on the launch of this product. You know, product. Oh and yeah. Since legal yeah. Legal wasn't involved all the way. You have to go back and change something. You know, because they they didn't give their input, and there's something wrong.
0: Yeah, and I have a good chunk of the last several years of my career working uh, specifically on like things that are being sold to federal customers. Mm. And there's mm-hmm. a whole other realm in there that if you don't know about, uh, you know, here are the change controls. We have to document these things, you know, where an engineering team will come in and say, hey, here's, here's a change and let's roll with it. And you have to step back and say, okay, timeout. Before you can put it into this government environment, we have to have all these different, we, we have to have three different approvals in this documentation. And everybody's like, what time? What? Because they they either don't have the domain knowledge or there's no one to go. Uh, what are the requirements for environment A? What are the requirements for environment B? Absolutely. Yeah. OK, so that's cool. And through all that. <laughs> the question is, how do you keep yourself
2: Yeah, sorry. So you cut out. I assume. Oh,
0: I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So yeah, uh, I'll, we'll try this again. Mm. With all that going on, how do you yourself stay productive?
2: Um, yeah, you know, I feel like I go through um, peaks of high productivity and then sometimes lower productivity. And there was a time where um, I, I went through this period of my life where I, I really feel felt like I wasn't as productive as I could have been. And it was actually very depressing for me because I am a um, I like to use the word executor, right? I like to get stuff done. I'm a little less of a people person, obviously, like people and have to lead people to get projects done. Um, But my sole focus is achievement, right? Like. I wanna get something done. And so when I went through this period where I was watching a lot of TV and things like that, it was actually kind of depressing for me. Um, and I realized that though looking, when I I, I, I I reflected on it, and I went through this period of really high productivity. And I realized that I needed time um, to recover. And so that it was, I had to give myself permission to, for a certain period, be slightly less productive. Now, the key was, you know, time boxing that, right? Because if mm-hmm. you don't, then you can fall into complete complacency and, um, and really uh, derail yourself from reaching your goals. So, all that said, you know, I think it's important for people to allow themselves to flex in their productivity, um, and, but do so intentionally. So, but how I keep myself productive? There's a few things. First of all, I I have goals, right? And I'm very much into um, visioning what I want for my future. So I've actually done, you know, that where you you take yourself to the end of your life and you look back and you say, what have I achieved? And you, you write all that out, and and what you know what is um, in your life from family to to career to um, you know, things you, you know, acquired, like, you know, do you have multiple houses or whatever, you know, whatever right, it right, is, it's right, right. important, but document all that. And then I also do it at a more, um, at, at, at smaller intervals. So where do I want to be in five years? And then where do I want to be next year? And so that, first of all, that framing really helps me understand where I want to go. Um, because if you don't know where you want to go, then you don't know if you're being effective at getting there. <laughs> Um, so that's how I do it at a macro level. So then everything, you know, when I'm doing things day to day, I can ask myself, is this moving me towards my goal or away from my goal? Um, and, and so that kind of helps me decide what things I want to do. For instance, you know, I love in, uh, Jim Collins talks about, um, saying no to the good. So you can say yes to the great. And this helps me frame that, right? It gives you guardrails. Because good things do come along, but, you know, you, you frame it in, yeah, but this is going to take time away from what I'm trying to achieve. Um, and so, therefore, maybe it's not the best for me right now. Um, so that's how I do things at a high level. But then on a day-to-day level, um, I live by my calendar, um, so <laughs> my calendar and my inbox. Um, so I am one of those people who only, like, if I have more than, if I cannot see all my emails in the pane, uh, you know, if they extend and I have to scroll down, then I start freaking out. Um, So I use my inbox as a kind of a to-do list. And so anytime I check my email, I you know, I love the agile principle, right, where you, you don't want to touch things more than once. So I try to action what I can right away. And there's some things Mm -hmm. that you just can't. So that's what stays in my inbox, but that better not be more than, you know, say 10 emails, um, because I want to be able to glance at it and know what I still have outstanding, um, or who I'm waiting on, et cetera. (laughs) 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 Nice. (laughs) It's just really effective for me. And then the other The other thing I do is if it's important, it gets put on the calendar, right? So, obviously, you've got your meetings on the calendar, but if I need to write a proposal or I need to call somebody or whatever that's not necessarily specific to a specific time, I put it on the calendar because that's what I look at the most. So, it's a constant Mm -hmm. reminder of this is what you need to get done.
0: And and do you think the other, like, reminder apps or like reminders or to do this or anything like mm. that, or is it just purely email and calendar?
2: Well, I would love it if I could use other, but I am a Mac user <laughs> and um, uh, you know, that's the one deficiency when it comes with Microsoft products on a oh. um, Mac OS. Yeah. And um, because the to do is a separate um, app you know, so back in the day when I, you know, worked at a company and and had had a Windows computer, yes, I had the to do list because you could put it up in the side pane and you could always mm-hmm. see the to do list and you could you could put the dates and you know it would turn red if you missed the date and it was a wonderful visual uh, and I loved it. Um, but I love you know now that I'm independent, I love my. But that is the one thing that is actually uh, really disappoints me is that Microsoft hasn't found a way to integrate the to-do window in the same way it does on um, on the Windows computer.
0: I I, so. I was going to say, on the more recent versions of Outlook, it's gotten better.
2: <laughs> You're right. You're right. Yeah. And, but the I have not been able to use the most recent version because it has a glitch. So, oh. so the glitch is... Um you know when you go to a website and you can download um the ICS like you book an appointment yeah, or yeah, something yeah, yeah. and you down- it will not save to my calendar. And I do a oh. lot of work that requires that or if or if the ICS comes in your email but you have to double click open and save it mm-hmm. will not save to my in- inbox. So I keep trying every time they're like oh we've done enhancements I'm like, all right, I'll try the new Outlook because I actually do like the new Outlook. But um, my calendar is so critical. I manage six – I have six email boxes and six calendars that I have to um, manage and merge together because sometimes clients give us, you know, um, their email domain. Uh, Oh, yeah. So, like, it is critical for me that it works the right way. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I I keep – Trying. I am terrible. I mean, also, I have an excuse, right? I have a podcast about productivity, so (laughs) I have an excuse to try different to do apps and different calendar apps and different combined apps. And for whatever reason, I I just keep coming back to the Mac native ones. Oh, okay. They're just so tightly integrated. Yes, it's three different windows, but. You know, I can have reminders, I can have my calendar and I can have my email and I'm making hand gestures and our cameras are off. I don't know why I'm doing that. Um, Don't
2: worry, I talk with my hands too, (laughs) still.
0: I'm also one of those people that has, you know, I have two screens for my work time so I can just move like my calendar to the screen to my left that isn't the one I'm writing code on or figuring things out on or reading my email on. So it's a absolutely in my my space. Yeah.
2: So I have a question for you being a productivity expert. So I'm a person, you know, you read all these um, advice on on productivity and they're like, oh, you know, um, you should shut down your email for, um, you know, and only check it three times a day or four times a day or whatever it is. But I'm actually a person who, and I think part of it's because I'm a project manager and so I have to stay across things. I want my email up and I want to see the little, the, the indicator come through so that it's almost like monitoring, right? It's almost like mm-hmm. being a parent and having to listen out for your kids and making sure nothing's going, you know, no screaming, no crying, no whatever. Um, but I always keep a pulse on what um, is going on in my inbox, even if I'm not actively working on it. What do you What do you think about that? I
0: I am torn on it. I think a lot of time I have I I do that. I have my email. It it might be minimized or just an icon, but it, I, I still get the notifications or whatever. Um, and then when I really need to. F- focus on something, whether it's, uh, okay, I'm now going to sit down and I'm going to go through all of the tickets related to this project and see who's updated and who hasn't and get all my statuses in order. Or, you know, I, I need to focus specifically on writing this block of code. I might mute those notifications for that length of time. Um, mm-hmm. because it, that's when it becomes a distraction. It's, it's the same reason yeah. I, I don't keep, um, I used to, right? And it was a terrible habit. Why I don't keep a, a browser tab or an app open for Twitter all the time. Mm, right. It starts to pull away my attention. Those emails start to pull my attention from what I need to do, what I'm trying to do.
2: Yeah. And I, I really find that's true for people who have to produce deliverables. I mm-hmm. find in project management, there's far less deliverables that are required. And so I think that's why. Um, I don't find the same challenges, right? There aren't these large blocks of time where I have to be creative or be focused. Um, You know, my job is to keep everything moving. Um, And I feel like I have a hard time doing that if I'm not keeping um, the communication flowing.
0: And I think one difference for me versus you in this particular case is I'm only managing one project part-time, right? I don't have three clients and five projects or five clients and 10 projects or anything like that. So the, and it's a global team again. So also the communications ebb and flow, like there is definitely going to be a time because surprisingly no one on this project is in um, Asia or Australia. Okay. Okay. So there's this this really nice time period when most of the <laughs> U.S. is offline and Europe yep. isn't awake yet when everything just gets quiet. So, yep. um, but then I know when I walk in in the morning, there's going to be updates from Europe. to But um, if anyone is up earlier than me on the East Coast, which is now um, not with that group anyway, I have to deal with that. Um, so, you know, there's there's definitely that sort of ebb and flow um Whereas if I was on, there's at least, you know, two other efforts underway that I'm involved in as as a contributor that. It's, you know, different teams in different regions are doing different things around the clock. Right. So it, it becomes much more interesting from a like if I were managing those projects, I would have a real hard time just turning off my email altogether, which is terribly unhealthy. (laughs) Mm.
2: No, I I definitely have that challenge because I go between um, the U.S. and and Australia. So when I'm in the U.S., you know, start my day, my work day around nine, but really keep going with Australia till about 11 p.m. Now, I don't work solidly. Right. Because that, like you said, is unhealthy, but I am working blocks of time throughout from 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. or 11:30, 30. Um, or if I'm in Australia, it's from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. Ironically, it's more hours when I'm in the U.S. I don't, <laughs> probably cause I don't like to get up so early. I'm like, I am not getting up before 4:30, 30. So um, yeah, it kind no. of forces the the line. And then I, I really have an issue working past five o'clock. I'm like, it's five o'clock. Nobody better be bothering me anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, but Yes it's it, uh, international is actually very challenging and you do have to give one of the things I learned in you know when I started doing this is giving myself permission to not be working even though if it's during work hours um, because I'm still putting in all the time um, but it's more in chunks of time rather than a solid blo- uh, solid work day um, and, and it was hard. It was hard to be like oh it's okay oh, yeah. to go out on the boat at one o'clock in the middle of the day. Um, but, you know, you come back at four and you're back online. So um, it, it, that was a hard thing to learn, but it was really yeah. important. Otherwise you just work, you know, 12, 15 hour days and your productivity goes down.
0: We have uh, several animals that <laughs> require attention. And mm. that, that does help me. That does me at the time to take breaks or yes, um, I am, sort of well-known on the internet for the chickens i keep and so but I, I that is possibly one of the best things i ever did because now it's like i need time to decompress a little bit and let things process in the background i can just go out and, and feed the chickens and everybody's yep. happy i'm happy the yep. chickens are happy and i probably solve the problem yep so- i do the
2: same thing i go out like i'll be like uh you know, I feel so overwhelmed or whatever, and I'll go out and pet the dog um, yeah. and, you know, talk to him and hang out with him. And, and, you know, it might only be 10 minutes, but it's enough of a break that um, it reframes uh, whatever was mm-hmm. going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, anyone who can be unhappy while petting a dog, if so, <laughs> um Maybe the people who are allergic, but I'm sure you know in general. Yeah,
2: I've learned. uh, You know, it's it's interesting. They talked about um, they talk about a lot about how uh, the endorphins that are released when you when you pet pets, cats, dogs, whatever. And I never really noticed it until you know maybe the past ten years of my life. Um, My pets have become very important to me just because there truly is this moment of you know when you're stroking a pet and they're loving you unconditionally or whatever, there is endorphins, and it does raise mm-hmm. your mood, and it and it does raise your productivity because you're you're in a happier space.
0: Oh, no, absolutely, absolutely.
2: So I've got an old school one for you. So okay. the, this kind of journey that I went on, um, I used to work for Cigna Healthcare was my first project management job.
0: Oh, and yes. um
2: loved, loved, loved it. And but while I was there, you know, I, I would have um obviously I it was almost a hundred percent in the office, you know. Uh-huh. Eventually I think we got maybe one or two days work at home, but a hundred percent in the office. And so I, I you know had my desk and I would have a notebook for every project and I would take notes in it. And it was really um, you know, easy to be like, all right, this project grab this notebook um and, and take and take notes. Um, and I found, like, I didn't often have to go back and refer to the notes. The act of taking notes helped me retain more information. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, of course, Microsoft came out with OneNote and start using OneNote, and then I started <laughs> consulting, and so then I'm all over the place, right? Uh, I usually don't have a desk, and, and so relying on OneNote more or not doing mm-hmm. it at all, and I realized I was starting to forget things. Um. And so I uh, tried to bring back my notebooks and found it just <laughs> wasn't feasible, right? Because of more projects like and it had to be a, uh, it had to be a separate notebook for each project because like, or at least you know pro- one project starts from the beginning of the notebook and the other project starts from the end of the notebook. Um, but the point is they had to be segregated. and um and so I'm like, I have got to have a better solution. And Facebook must have heard me because um, <laughs> that's when they started marketing this uh, this tool called uh, Remarkable. But yes. basically, it's a you know electronic notebook that feels like you're writing on a on, on paper, and that's the cool thing. It's got you mm-hmm. know you can write. It looks like pen, or sometimes you know you can change it to look like you're writing in pencil. But whatever. But that act of writing things down. I think is a tremendous help for productivity.
0: It is called kinesthetic learning. Mm, Yes. And it is something that I learned about, I want to say, like third or fourth grade when first learning to take notes. Now, I'm still really kind of crappy at taking notes, I will admit. But there is, yeah, it's the... There's a, a thing where the motions of your hand and your brain and your ears and eyes are all engaged at once. And it helps you remember things. Yeah. Um, now, I, I want to love the remarkable. I wasn't as impressed with their first generation product and mm. really can't afford the money for, you know, drop the money on the new one. Um, <laughs> right. But um, so I'm old school. Um, I have the um, I, I use a, a disk-bound notebook. Um, mm. The the common brands are Tool and Circa and um, Arc, right? Okay. And so I and I have dividers, and if I need to rearrange
1: mm. projects
0: mm-hmm. in it, I can either move dividers or I can just you know it's plus to just take the page out and put it somewhere else without having, you know, all the of hacky of a three-ring, six-ring binder or something like that. Um, right. And, uh, you know, there are so many hole punches available, and you go on Etsy, and the world of whatever style page you want is out there. Um, <laughs> so, no, I actually, I, I have a um, 85 by 11 planner, Literal paper planner that I should transcribe my calendar to every week. Mm. I'm using um, basically a five or half letter size pages to take notes for the podcast and other things. And those all go into like I have the one notebook of podcast notes because there's a lot of them. Uh, And then, you know, (laughs) I have have one that has like uh, like my planner besides my calendar has a section for here's the work project notes, here's notes for our D and D game here, you know, that sort. So the one that goes with me everywhere, which is my, when, when I travel and when I leave the house, which has been, you know, 18 months now, um, uh, I, i I just take that with me and I've got it right. And it's segregated, like you said, and I can archive it off to, like okay, this project is done. I can now put it in this in an archival notebook right. the side and you know go back to it. And...
2: Unless you're like my mother-in-law and you leave it somewhere, uh, <laughs> and then your whole life is gone.
0: <laughs> we will see. My next experiment. Uh, one of my prior guests turned me on to the NeoPen.
2: Okay. which
0: when using the, the special encoded paper, of course it's special encoded paper, but it makes mm-hmm. sense when you look at the technology, where as you write it down on the paper, it stores it either in the pen or directly transmits it to the app on your phone.
2: Nice. I've heard of that. I haven't I, – not by name, but I've heard of that concept, and I haven't tried it. So I'd love to know how, how that works out for you. But,
0: you know, it is – So far, it's really re- <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs>
2: But having that, um, you know, that's the other thing I I have the remarkable, too. So I I don't know what the first generation like, but that is also the nice thing is that it does sync to the phone and it does sync to the computer. So it's like, oh, if I don't have it, I can still go back and find that information um, and and have that at my fingertips when whenever I need it. So um, that pen sounds like it would be a great, uh, great way to do that as well.
0: Yeah, I, I need to look at the screen protectors for my iPad that are supposed to make it feel like paper. Mm. Because there is that fantastic app Good Notes on the iPad that is just amazing, but I just can't do that. Writing on the glass just does not No, feel it's the same. hard.
2: Yep, yep. Yeah. I yeah, I have an iPad too and I just can't um you know, I was I bought the iPad because I was in a band <laughs> and um, and I wanted the music on there, but I needed to be able to take notes on the music. And I was like, Man, you know, so that was the first time I ever bought the pen and all of that for for right, an right. iPad. I'm like, you know, it was fine for what I was doing, but the, the preciseness just wasn't there. And I think that's why after using the iPad and then using the remarkable that I, I loved the remarkable so much was yeah. because yeah, the iPad leaves much to be desired when it comes to um, to writing.
0: On the flip side, my wife, when she's not writing books, is an artist, and mm. she her iPad Mini and her Apple Pencil go with her everywhere, and mm. she can just uh, she can get some pretty precise stuff with the drawing programs. So
2: yeah, yeah, I've I've heard that. I'm not an artist. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't do me any good. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I was thinking about something else. I should have mentioned it earlier when we were talking about Outlook or or I mean, it would be the true true for um, Mm -hmm. uh, iMail. But the other or iCalendar, Um, the other thing that I find that really is useful and I'm sure you do this is categorizing. Right. Like so I can look at like my calendar is totally color coded. So I can look at my six calendars merged into one and, mm-hmm. and then all the activities are color-coded so I know exactly what I'm doing. Well, I should say at, at a category level um, right. without actually reading what's there. It's like, oh, yeah, I got to go help that client in an hour uh, or, or something like that. Um, so I don't know. I assume you use that too, but oh, that yeah. to me yeah. is amazing. Um, it's very useful. Anything that you can do to make it so... You can just glance at something and directionally know where you're headed uh, is a big help.
0: I, I actually, when I'm transcribing my my calendar to my planner pages, I go in with highlighters that match the calendar.
2: Nice. Yes.
0: So, yeah. So my all of my work things are the the, um, you know, the company blue. All of my personal things are sort of the, the purplish I use for my personal calendar. Uh, a couple of. Specialized calendars get their own, and if I'm on call, it's bright orange, so I do not miss it. Mm-hmm. You know? And
2: then do you use um, the, the email rules as well, you know, so that you um, um, file things that you know that you maybe don't need to look at, or you auto-delete oh. stuff so that it doesn't waste your time, or... So
0: many um, rules. I went to, I, as a technical person, I found a command line tool that reads in a configuration file and generates and uploads Google Mail rules for you. Oh, nice. So that, yeah, so that instead of having to go through the whole web thing, it's like, yes, I want to, I need to add something f- to go automatically into my, I have a folder called read later, and I that is the one I check maybe twice a day. Mm. And so, you know, and I can just add two lines to a file and then essentially, for lack of a better term, compile it.
2: Okay, nice. See, I need to be smart like you.
0: (laughs) It's uh, you know, it's it's one of those things I live like most of my professional life. I've been at a command line. So in a lot of ways, that's a lot more comfortable. And in a lot of ways, it it's just a lot faster. For me to, you know, copy, paste into a a text file and then run a command versus copy, open up the Gmail website, open up the settings, find the filters, find the right filter to update or just add another one. Yeah, no, it's. And mine are pretty big at this point.
2: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) The other thing, I guess um you know people like uh, I don't know I, I hate when I look at somebody you know down at somebody's phone and they've got like ten thousand emails and I'm like, oh my god, how can you how could you live like that um I can't stand the little you know notifications mm-hmm. telling me that there's unread things, but when you know like often if I go on vacation and I shut down uh, my email and come back and there's like eight hundred emails. And so, you know, I, I'm sure you probably have talked about this before. I, I didn't have the chance to listen to all your podcasts. But, oh, no, no, no. It's fine. You know, fine. Um, it, it, my strategy then coming back is obviously first sort by priority, read the high priority, then maybe sort by uh, name and look for key people's names, right, that you know that you need mm-hmm. to, to read. Then sort by subject and delete all, um, <laughs> you know, all the lower level. And I guess conversations that for you. I hate the conversations thing because I have seen too many times where I've lost things. So I am not oh, an adopter yeah. of conversations. So I still, you know, sort by subject, um, mm-hmm. but delete, you know, delete until you get the newest one and then finally go by date. Right. A, a, and look at it by date. But I found that I could get through 800 emails and probably less than an hour, um, you know, oh. by using the technique.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, so one of the nice things is everything uh, that goes into read later, I consider optional. Mm, Yes. So if I have 800 things in my read later folder, I will right-click and say mark read. Mm, Yes. Because, uh, I mean, like, that's where all of, you know, the advertisements I generally care about, like from the ink and pen companies, or... um, You know, updates from some game manufacturers or even next door, you know, they all go into that folder because they're not critical, critical. They're sort of a nice to read. And then and so I just I'm like, oh, look, there's 800. Click, click. Now there's nothing (laughs) because, uh, you know, it's not that's not the priority. And part of mine is keep my inbox on the things I need to pay attention that are that are important and important and urgent. Right. right, you know, and in, of,
2: and yeah, in mine it's you know eight hundred from clients, so they, right. they definitely aren't advertisements or blogs or things like that that I'm following.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I've had coworkers who're like, "Well, I've come back from vacation and I have a thousand new messages, and um, select all, delete." <laughs>
2: yes. Uh, there yeah. are a lot of people with that strategy is if you if if it's important to you, you'll email me again when I'm back from vacation. I've even heard of people putting that in there um, out of office. You know, I'm out of office. All emails received will be deleted. So email me back when, you you know, yeah. after this date. I I, I don't think that's uh, personally I, I'm not a fan of that because then you put the onus back on the other person, um, yeah. you know, and now now that has to be something that's on their mind to remember to do or to schedule to redo. And, and so that, you know, um, essentially is an efficiency waste, right? Because now you're talking yeah. about, um, you know, uh, switching, uh, uh, the cost of handoffs. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so I'm not a fan of that, but yes, definitely I've heard a lot of people who
0: do that. Uh, although one of the things I will, I personally try to do is if I'm going to be out of town for like a week, um, In my auto response, I'll say, if this is urgent about X, Y or Z, talk to this person, you know, email this person. If it's, you know, A, B or C, email this other person Um, so that it's not maybe something comes up that uh, on a project I'm contributing to. And I don't want them to have to wait a week to get, you know, maybe a very minor thing in.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, because waiting is waste. I mean, you Mm -hmm. know, I I think a lot of I try to think a lot in the terms of the lean principles, right? Like uh, uh, where you try to avoid waste. So you avoid switching costs, you avoid waiting, um, you avoid task switching, although I'm not as great about that. Uh, I am a I am a closet task switcher. I probably should go to task switchers anonymous Um, but you know, there, there's a lot to be said for that or rework, right? All of those Mm -hmm. things are just waste. And, 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 you know, the, the only thing you can never get back is time. And so, you know, why, why waste time? Everything should be intentional. Um, even if it's, even if it is binge watching Netflix or something, at least you should be intentional about it is I am choosing to do this with my time. And then I'm going to maximize whatever the benefit is for me of that time. Um, but we should never let uh, we should always do things with intention. Otherwise, um, you know, time is just, I guess, running us rather than us controlling yeah. time.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it, no, there is there's a great value in saying I am now going to shut down my brain and watch the entire season of uh, the great. British baking show <laughs> all in one sitting because I need to, you know, I, I need to feed that part of my brain and not the go, go, go part of my brain.
2: Right. Exactly. But it's that making that choice, right? Like yeah. don't fall into things, choose them deliberately.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then suddenly I'm reminded that we are getting up towards GBBO season. So Awesome.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm waiting for uh whatever uh Yellowstone Timber.
0: Oh, okay. for the
2: next season of that.
0: <laughs> um Ted Lasso is our big wait right now. Okay. Um, if you haven't watched if you have Apple TV and you haven't watched Apple uh Ted Lasso, you really need to watch Ted Lasso. It's I I never thought I would care about a soccer uh TV series.
2: Okay, I'll, I'll take a look.
0: But no, I, it is it is it is just really good. I don't know the right words to put into it, but, you know, um, yeah. And of course, we're all in on Marvel, too, so now we're waiting mm. for whatever, whatever's after Loki. Right.
2: <laughs> well, you know, the next Top Gun, the movie's coming out at the end of this year, I mean... <laughs> All right, talk so, about
1: '80s flashback.
0: So embarrassing, em- embarrassing bit showing my age. I saw Top Gun the first time in the theaters the Christmas it was released. So <laughs> nice, yeah, big time. I don't flashback.
2: think I, I don't think I was old enough to watch it. Well, yeah, maybe.
0: <laughs> and then it was on cable. <laughs> but I definitely time, didn't
2: see so. it in the theater. Yeah. Yes, I mean that's probably one of my most watched movies. Just, I also so my dad's in the Air Force, and I I get that it's Navy, but you know, um, we lived in Colorado Springs by the Air Force Academy, and so all the Zoomies uh, would watch Top Gun. So I've (laughs) I've seen Top Gun a lot. Talk to me, Goose. Actually, our our dog, um, our um, our Dalmatian is named Maverick, and um, we got a. We got a second dog, and I'm like, oh, well, you know, we we need to name him something from from Top Gun, and and you're, obviously the instinct is go with Goose, but we're like, but this is a border collie, so he's going to be smarter than oh. the Dalmatian, so we can't oh, yeah. call him Goose. No. Um, and, then, and then my husband's like, oh, let's call him Ice, and I'm like, no, the dude's name's Iceman, you can't call him Ice, and so he didn't like that, and so finally, <laughs> our Dalmatian loves to wrestle, so I was Uh-oh. like, let's call him jester and they can get in a dog fight um because (laughs) jester you know is the trainer yep yep so we got maverick and jester
0: that's that's brilliant and the border collie yeah no that is such a border collie dude and name it's it's perfect
2: Although that has nothing to do with productivity other than they, you know, bring me joy that helps me uh, Im- improve my mood. But
0: <laughs> yeah. And. and Wow. And we're still on the second question, so. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> but I think but I think we've covered a lot. I mean, we've talked uh, uh, the the next thing I would we would normally talk about is like the systems and habits that are valuable to you. But we've already talked a lot about. Yeah, that, right? we and have, have yeah. email and so uh, taking time off and things like that. So I'm really comfortable, and I think we've even have we've kind of talked about how your typical day goes a little. Yep. Bit. Yeah. Um. So I I feel comfortable. You know, just going getting getting to the fun questions. All
2: right. Um.
0: So uh, and for the people listening at home, yes, I'm skipping ahead. No, I have no guilt about this. <laughs> um. So uh, what is the best advice you have been given or and maybe also uh, the best advice you'd give someone else?
2: Um. Yeah. So, you know, I had an answer yesterday and I, I've since forgot it because that's <laughs> you know, I didn't write it down. Dang it. Right. So,
0: I was just um... thinking that. <laughs>
2: I was thinking about it in bed. Right. And so then that, that's always the problem when you think about things in bed. No, but, you know, I think one of the, the best pieces of advice is around um, uh, giving yourself latitude to fail. And and um, for me, it's hard. Um, uh, failing. You know, failing almost feels like a traumatic event. And so I I haven't mastered this by any means, but I really do think it's important because, you know, it's iterating on ideas so that you can do them better. Um, And so I'm trying to realize that failure and and even rejection. Right. So, you know, in my business, we have to do sales and people say no or whatever that it's not personal. And so this is going to probably be a lifelong lesson for me. It's probably not something that I'm going to even, you know, master in the next couple of years, um, because it is so inherent in me that I want to be accepted and I, you know, and I want to succeed. So that's probably, you know, the best advice I've heard from, from many different sources. But I think for the advice I'd give others, it goes back to what I was saying before is, you know, for those of us who are highly driven, it's important to give ourselves um, periods of um, where we accept not being as productive, but we, we limit that time, right? We can't fall into complacency, but it, it's okay to give yourself permission um, to be like, you know what, I'm just, today's not the day. I'm going to do the, the bare minimum I need to do, but tomorrow I'm going to come back and I'm going to hit it hard
0: yeah yeah yeah. And that's I, I, I struggle with this um, with that same thing. My wife is struggling with it right now of all things. she, <laughs> she just she just finished a book and mm. turned it turned it into her editor. Now there is um, a, a period of time that I think all authors go through uh, the the book postpartum, yeah. Where you have done everything you can you have sent it to your editor and your publisher left now is you know like the copy edits and, and whatever happens. It's done it is done done. Now uh, she she'll wander around for a couple of days not really knowing what to do mm.
2: <laughs> even mm-hmm. though she's got
0: other books going on right now um, but she has to she she has learned to give herself permission to do that. Yes, you know because the quality of the work when she's in that force herself to write the next story or work on the is just not as good.
2: Yep, absolutely.
0: And for the next one, we we have touched on this already. Uh, So now's your chance to go into some detail. How how you. Um, how do you deal when, you, when with uh, failure or missing a goal?
2: You know, it's, it's interesting because in some ways they're a little bit separate for me. So failure failure to me often is more tied to, to rejection. Um, and so I take that a little bit harder, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, woe is me and I have to have a pity party. But then I have to be like, all right, you're done. What have you learned from this? And move on. Um, missing a goal for me, I don't think I, um, I don't, I, I, I don't get tied up in it. Meaning, if I miss, like, and the same is for projects. So if I'm, if we miss a date, or I miss, you know, miss a goal, I go, okay, fine. Well, what next? So what am right. I going to do about it? Right. For some reason, I'm not. I don't get emotionally tied up in that. Um, as much as I do uh, getting tied up in, um, how, how I'm accepted by other people. So for me, if I miss a goal, I just be, you know, I pivot Mm -hmm. and I keep going. Um, right. So, you know, if I, uh, had a quarterly goal for growth and I'm like, all right, didn't hit it fine. What am I going to do now? (laughs) Um, uh, so for some reason it's like, I'm committed and I'm focused on it, but I'm not, I don't have that emotional investment in it. Um, So I think in a lot of ways it's good because then I can look at it more calculated Mm -hmm. um, and and, and just keep going. Um, So so for that, that's really easy for me. Just pivot. um, uh, Make sure the goal is still the right goal or does the goal need to change? uh, And then and then begin again. Um, But, yeah, with the with the with the areas where I do truly feel failure, I do have this sense of. Um, you know, woe is me, but I am pretty good about um, cutting that off and then, you know, saying, okay, what am I going to do differently this time?
0: Right. Yeah. And that's, I, I, I think that's, that is something a lot of people struggle with mm. because uh, I, although it's sometimes it's very hard to make that distinction, right? You've, you've set a goal and you get emotionally invested in it, and then you miss, right? Right. Is, is significantly different than a, like, it is a professional thing, and, okay, now we we will adjust, we will reschedule, we will still get it done, but maybe not in the timeline, you know, that, that we intended. Okay. So I, I I think it's interesting that you do make that distinction between, here's the thing that I am emotionally tied up in, Versus here's a thing that is very important and kind of makes the career go, but it's recoverable right yeah
2: yeah i I think it helps a lot, so you know like if i if I get on a sales call and I think it went horrifically, and that's where i'll I'll beat myself <laughs> up, and it's like. You know, and my husband, he, he, well, and usually I'm harder on myself than I should be, right? Because mm-hmm, I'll be like, mm-hmm. like um, so my husband's in the same business. So sometimes he'll even be on the calls with me and he'll be like, no, you did great. And I'm like, yeah, but they didn't buy from us. So obviously I didn't, <laughs> you know, Right. and
1: he's right, like, right. but
2: he goes, you know, you know but like, but we still have a relationship with them. It wasn't never talk to me again. Right. So he, he tries yeah. to help me reframe that. But yeah, <laughs> that those instances are harder versus, like I said, you know, I've missed like. I thought I'd have a uh, um, uh, hundred consultants in five years, and right. I'm not there. And, and so, <laughs> and, and part of that's like, all right, well, maybe was that the right goal? Um, and, and I kind of like what Tom Bayou says, where he talks about how, you know, you should have these really. You know, he doesn't use B had like um, Jim right. Collins or whoever it was, but you know, you should have these um, goals that are are challenging because then even if you fall short, you're better off than if you if you played it safe. Um, oh, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, it's and and so like like you said, for those those i mean, I can just kind of say, okay, well now how are we going to pivot and do this differently?
0: <laughs> right. Right, 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 right. All right, other side of the coin, and we do this one last because when we're doing these questions, anyway, we want to end on a happy note. Mm. Do you celebrate your successes, and if so, how?
2: Um, champagne. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
2: no, I mean, you know, a lot of uh, um, um. It is a lot of that, like where, you know, my husband and I will um, I'm I'm more of a micro celebrator, right, where we're like, Mm -hmm. oh, that was great. And the two of us will just have a glass of champagne or, you know, like, hey, it's been an awesome day. Let's go out on the boat or, you know, it's just kind of giving that permission to have have fun when you've done something great um, is really what I do. Um, You know, just kind of that. All right. I can breathe, I can relax. I can, um, I, cause we did it. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's kind of how I do it.
0: And I, again, I, I find things split between the people who save up for one job. People are just like, I, mm. I'm going to do a recognition now and a little recognition now and a little recognition now. Yeah. You know, instead of trying to save it all up for later. Um, I have to yeah. Because that,
2: what if later oh. never comes? <laughs>
0: Uh, I actually have a rule for my life because of that. Mm. It it sounds really weird to to phrase it that way. But um, uh, 2016, I think it was, um, the December before, we lost um, the musician Lemmy. In January, uh, we lost Bowie and Glenn Frey. And then in April, we lost Prince. Hmm. Those are four artists that I had spent the last several years going, I really want to see them live, but they'll tour again. But they'll tour uh,
2: again. Yeah.
0: And I didn't see any of them. And so I, I made a conscious decision at that point that I will go see the musicians and artists I want to see because I'm going to miss that chance. And, right. You know, but and it's the same thing when you're talking about, well, we should celebrate now because we might not you know get a chance we might have another you know last year any travel celebrations were just like right out the window <laughs> right <laughs> you know um
2: absolutely yeah. yes i i i yeah. very much believe you um have to balance enjoying life now mm-hmm. while still being responsible right so you can't live like there's no tomorrow because then you when tomorrow comes, you may not be prepared for
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> um.
2: But on the other hand, you can't live like you're gonna live forever, because yeah. then you put off too many things. So it, it, there, there definitely is a, a balance there. Um. But you know, people are always like, "Wow, you travel so much. How can you afford it?" And this and that. And it's, it's about prioritization. Mm-hmm. You know, um I spend money on that rather than having the biggest TV. Uh although now that I'm remarried, my husband does want the biggest TV. But, you know, when it was yeah, my choice, <laughs> <ain't. laughs> <laughs>
1: um
2: you, you know, those just weren't the important things to me and yeah. um uh-huh. and so it frees up money that maybe other people don't have because that's where they put their priority. So it's like if you want to travel, you will make it a priority and you will figure it out. Um and, and so, you know, that's you you, I think it's very important to have priorities for your life and non-negotiables, right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, because those become your, your guardrails.
0: Yeah. Last year was supposed to be our New Zealand trip. So, yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> and, of course, they're going to be really bad about letting people in for a
0: while. I, I don't blame them. I really don't. <laughs> um. Well, but one of the advantages to having your partner be a science fiction author is that there are events that coincide Mm. with destinations that are then Mm -hmm. business expenses. Absolutely. Yeah. So we went, you know, World Con was in London and we went to World Con in London. And, you know, for her, that's business. Um, Absolutely. World Con was in Helsinki and she was nominated for an award that year. So of course we have to go to Helsinki. Right. Yes. Oh, Helsinki is awesome. If you've not been to Helsinki, I go haven't. To Helsinki. Yeah. Um. And stop in Iceland, Reykjavik, on the way because I, oh, I so oh.
2: want to go to Iceland. That is so on my list. I, 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 or and the Faroe Islands. Oh.
0: Yeah. Now we didn't we didn't get to the Faroe Islands, but we we certainly um uh, went to Reykjavik and we went out and it was puffin breeding season, so puffin island oh. was in full populace <laughs> and um. Yeah, no, it was it was uh, amazing. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. But when we can combine that sort of we want to go someplace anyway with, well, we have an excuse to go. It's like a bonus. Absolutely.
2: I uh, I've made many a vacation out of a project management institute conference.
0: So. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no. Um, awesome. That's just about everything um is there before i ask you about the charity is there anything um you want to talk about promote etc etc
2: no i mean i think i you know we covered a lot on, about it if any of your if you are interested in project management feel free to you know follow me on linkedin or or read my blog i talk a lot about leadership and and project management and how how you make the most out of um uh you know uh team productivity um so so great place to connect with me but i've really enjoyed being on on the show
0: and i I am i like as soon as i have dinner, I think, because, uh, folks, I'm recording this like immediately after work, but before dinner. So after dinner, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to be following you on LinkedIn and your blog because, yeah, um, I, I I eat that stuff up if you couldn't tell. Um, <laughs> uh, bef- uh, so. All right. So where can we find you online? And is there a charity you would like the listeners to support?
2: Sure. Uh, so I'm Jana Axline, A-X-L-I-N-E. So the, I'm the, probably the only one out there on LinkedIn. So easy mm-hmm. to find. And my blog is JanaAxline.com. Um, and yeah, you know what I love? Um, I love bed. So I can't tell you how many times I lay in bed and I'm just like, Lord, I am so thankful for beds. Um, <laughs> yes. So I, it's, it's really funny, but a comfortable bed just, you know, it, it honestly sets my day up for mm-hmm. Or sets me up for the next day. So I love uh sleep and heavenly peace because they their objective is to have no kids sleep on the floor. And oh, wow. and so they go and they build beds um for, you know, lower income families, people in need, so that these kids have a place to sleep. And and to me it's you know, I'm so thankful for my bed and so I just want others to have that same experience, so that's where I donate. So would love it if your oh, um, listeners wanted to donate there as well.
0: absolutely i will I will make sure that that, as well as how to find you and a lot of the other things we talked about are linked in the show notes.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much for having yeah. me.
0: Thank you so very, very much. Uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. And uh, oh, by the way, for the people listening at home, we'll be right back after this. First and foremost, I want to thank uh, Jaina for joining us. It was absolutely phenomenal to talk to her and to be able to share that with uh, all you folks. Absolutely wonderful. And it was uh, just so much fun. I hope everyone had as much fun listening as I did having the conversation. So, hey, um, we have a word. Woo! A word! A word, yes. Uh, you use the word as a badge code. You enter it on productivityalchemy.com and you get a happy little badge. And this week's word is alone time.
1: That's not a euphemism. It's
0: not a euphemism. And, and it's basically all one no spaces, just yes. alone time. And you will find things on Productivity Alchemy, like an explanation about what the badges are and... Uh, Why you know, they're
1: cool and how you can collect them.
0: That's right. And there's also a a... Support link,
1: which, as is our our habit these days, we are telling you do not click. What you uh, we would we have money, we're fine, yeah, we're good, no, we're good. Life we're good. is is good. Yeah. I mean, we will tell you if it changes, but there are other people who need it so much worse than
0: we do. So right much worse now. than we do. Yeah.
1: So uh, who? What is our charity today?
0: So this week, our charity, uh, which was suggested by Jaina, is Sleep in Heavenly Peace. It is an organization. That takes donations, buys materials, has a volunteer organization, and builds beds for children without them. Okay. Right? And they have chapters all over the U.S. There's like, I looked, there's like five here in North Carolina alone. Like, we could have our choice. Um, But, you know, their whole thing is no child should sleep, have to, should have to sleep on the floor. Yes. Yes. You know, and so this is this is what it's they different do. if
1: you're you were a weirdo like me who spent right. like six months sleeping under their table in a fort.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're 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 exceptions, but this is much more for, you know, those who otherwise would not have.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, yes, you, you should. It, it is good to have the option.
0: Yes. So. Yeah. Yes, and so uh, I'm really happy. You can find out more about them at shpbeds.org, and I will link that in the show notes. Excellent. Um, but I, I I just think that's fantastic. Yeah, you know? that is that yeah. is
1: direct direct action. Direct action. Uh, uh, yep. Not, uh, the money goes uh, you know, to the...
0: the volunteers who who build the beds, who give them to children. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You need bed. We will find people to make you a bed. Yes. Yes. That that is that is great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's it for this week. All right. So uh, thank everybody for listening. Um, thank you to Jaina for appearing this week. And I have some more great stuff coming up over the next couple of weeks. I love you all and just try to do your best to um, stay productive. Whatever that looks like. Hey, Kevin. Yeah?
1: I talked to Brom.
0: You know, at one point during the thing I believe I heard maybe before it started, but you're Brom. <laughs> oh, no, wait. That was during the segment where you gushed at him towards the very beginning of the, I just have to get this out of the way. You're Brom.
1: <laughs> he was Brom and still is as far as I know.
0: I, I know. I know. Dude. It, it's, that's, it's pretty cool.